This is our third week on this new series, Honoring the Lord. Will you say that? Honoring, Honoring the Lord. Lord. Come on, say it again. Honoring, Honoring the Lord. In other words, we're talking about being a good steward over that which God has entrusted to me. And again, when we're talking about honoring the Lord, we're specifically here in this series, we're specifically talking about or dealing in the area of finances. But when we're talking about honoring the Lord, it's broader, it's bigger than just money. When we're talking about honoring God, we're talking about being faithful stewards over our time. And we see this throughout the scripture, over our time, over our talents, over our treasures. The Word of God says we even, uh, he has even entrusted the gospel to us, so we should be good stewards over the gospel. And just let me say this, those of you who are believers, you are disciples of Jesus. You are students of Jesus, and you have the responsibility to make other disciples. Let me give you an example. The friends that you are around, those of you who are believers, you should there's, you should allow the light of Christ to illuminate through you in such a way that they want to become a part of the God that you serve. See, something's wrong if I can hang out with you, but you never come worship with me. Guess who's the bigger influence? So if someone who is out of relationship with the Father is leading me away and they never come worship with me, that individual has the greater influence over you. So we have to be good stewards even over the gospel. And we should live in such a way as we see throughout this teaching that it leads others away from sin. And let me tell you this. Once you really have an encounter with the Lord, things that you used to do, you no longer have a taste to do it. Oh, let me say it again. I'm talking to people perhaps who are still engaged in some things. But once you really have an encounter, certain things you just don't want to do. Now, I can go to the club if I want to go, but I have no desire to go. Why? Because I'm on a mission, and, and I'm out to turn the whole world into Christians. Are you with me? So, so I, it, there are a lot of things we could do because we have the liberty to do it, but doesn't necessarily mean that I still should be doing it. Sure, if I wanted to go drink a beer, I could do it, but Why? I have no desire to do, I don't anymore. Are you with me? So, so I understand that I'm a good steward even over God's body, the temple of Holy Spirit who dwells in me. So certain things I don't want to put in my body because I understand I have been bought with the price and I'm no longer my own. I belong to the Father. Are you with me? And when you understand stewardship, certain things you just don't, do so it's bigger. Someone say it's bigger than just money. Now write this down for a subheading. Again, we have been talking about honoring the Lord, particularly in the one facet, talking about giving. But today I want to talk about the rewards of wisdom. Say that, the rewards of wisdom. Come on, say it again, the rewards of wisdom. Now let me say this, giving, again, it's not about money, it's bigger than money. Is bigger than money. But given, it has to do with the disposition, the condition of an individual's heart. It's about the heart. Because whatever has your heart has you. There's no way, again, 
that someone can really have an encounter with the Lord and they understand how great is your grace. How great is your mercy toward me. You're the one that's always providing for me. When you understand that, it's not about a dime. It's not about a nickel. It's about honoring God with my, you don't struggle over it. You don't argue about 10 cents. And you realize that not just the dime, but even the 90%, Lord, I'm going to weigh it before you. And whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. So let's, again, establish that a steward must be faithful. And when we are faithful over that which belongs to another man, then God gives us our own. And even when he gives me my own, guess what? He is still the possessor because I'm just a steward or a manager, what that word literally means, over his resources. Are you with me? Now, again, here, 1 Corinthians 4.2, right above this, Paul is talking about how he and even Apollos have been, uh, they are stewards over the mysteries of God. So again, it's bigger than just money. But here we see that a steward should be found faithful. Ready? Let's read. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Now write this down as a working definition for stewardship. Stewardship is having the discernment, insight, or understanding that we are only managers, not owners. That we are caretakers of God's assets, which he has entrusted to us. Now, can we read this together? Ready? Let's read. Stewardship is having the discernment. See, it's the ability to recognize who is my source. Just as we stated last week in, in days of, uh, of antiquity, when people were tied, they were tied to deities. And whoever you tied to, you were indicating that that is my source. And we see Abram, again, tied into God most high, the supreme God, the God that's above every other God, the only living God. So whoever you are designating that dime to, you are saying, if I'm keeping it for myself, I am saying, I am my source. If I'm giving it to United Way, I am saying United Way is my source. Now, you can honor God. Then in addition, if you want to be a blessing to United Way, be a blessing. But I want to honor him first. Stewardship is having the discernment that we are only, say this, I'm a manager. Not owners. And see, that what we mess up, son, we think we're the owners. That's why we treat it like, that's why we don't consult God a lot of times concerning our gifts, talents, and abilities and treasures. Why? Because we feel like I work for it, so it's mine. I'm the one doing the singing, so the gift must be, must be in my DNA. Mama could sing. Daddy could sing. Yeah, but guess who gave you the gift? Not owners. That we are caretakers of God's assets, which he has entrusted to us. And again, how we handle money and possessions demonstrates, listen to this now, how we handle money as well as our possessions or, or, and possessions demonstrates who we really believe is the true owner. So how we steward over money, possessions, talking about our, our talents, our gifts, demonstrates who we really believe is the true owner, either God, mammon, 
or me. So how we handle these things, how we treat these things, we're demonstrating who the true owner is. There are people who could sing out of this world, but they've taken that gift and they're using it for the glory of the secular world. But it, it, and they may be Christians, I don't know, some of them, but we're talking about witness-wise. And the only time they identify themselves with God is if they win a Grammy or win something. I want to thank my Lord and Savior. But other than that, you wouldn't know they had a relationship. That's another message. I see some people getting. We're talking about stewardship here. Are you with me? And, and we seen this last week, whether much or little, one day we will have to answer to God for how well we stewarded over his possesses. Now, let's go to Proverbs, and I want to look at all of these verses. This is our foundational text, Proverbs 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10, and each verse we'll do some explanation on them. But we're talking about the rewards of wisdom. What are we talking about? Now, notice, again, a steward is someone who has discernment. They have an insight or an understanding who the possessions belong to. So a steward, Brother Moore, understands what I have. I'm just a manager over it. We're talking about believers. They understand that what I have, the gift, belongs to the Father. The money belongs to You know why only two people said the Father? <laughs> Perhaps the majority believe it belongs to. The money belongs to the rewards of wisdom. And, and let's go here first, Proverbs 21, 20. Let me show you something. Now, in previous weeks, we said there's a reason why God wants us to have the wealth. He don't want us wealthy just to say, I'm wealthy. To brag for our own self-aggrandizement. That's, that's, that's not the purpose of the wealth. He wants us blessed, not only whereby uh, he can establish his covenant, but in order whereby we can be a blessing to others. Wise people, what are we talking about? The rewards of what? Wise people live in wealth and luxury, but stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. This is the word of God. Wise people live in wealth and luxury, but stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. So the ignorant person or the stupid person, as the word of God clearly states, spends their money as fast as they get it. And I submit to you, that is an individual who does not have the discernment that what I have belongs to God. So we never consult God as to how to dispense what belongs to him. So no sooner than I get it, by Friday, it's gone. Rather than weighing it before the master and allowing him to show me how to dispense it. Now, let's go to Proverbs 3, 
Now, you got to remember, in Proverbs 2, we see Solomon, he's urging his son to walk in the ways of wisdom. You see this in chapter 2, which leads up to chapter 3, leads up to chapter 3. So, in chapter 2, Solomon, he's urging his son to walk in the ways of wisdom. And And in the first four verses, we see he gives the condition for receiving the knowledge of God. In the first four, I just wanted, let's go to uh, uh, 2, Solomon, I'm sorry, Proverbs 2. Let's look at the first four verses or, or put up the first six if you can. And just let me say this, Proverbs are intended to be treasured up within you. Say this, Proverbs are intended to be treasured up within me or literally Memorize. In other words, there must be an open ear and open heart or an open mind. So not only should I treasure and store them up, but I have to have an open ear. Lord, what are you saying? Watch this. And an open mind being that letting this mind be in you, not relying on my own intellect, wisdom, savvy, prowess. No, I'm trusting the Lord. And just as Solomon's son, just as his son, as he was encouraging the son, we too must be attentive, must be an attentive listener, as well as not being a compulsive talker. Sometimes we do more talking than we listen. Notice we're talking about wisdom, okay? So just as he was encouraging his son, don't talk so much. Be an attentive listener, See, there's a lot to be gained just by listening. That's why we shouldn't feel like we know it all. Listen to somebody, especially when they are disseminating godly wisdom, because there's a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Are you with me? So, and when you look at what he's saying here, he's not told to talk out his problems. As much as what we do in modern day counseling, just you just doing all the talking, talking, nothing wrong with that. But what he's saying, whether he should listen to godly advice. In other words, don't do so much talking. But if you receive this godly wisdom, it'll bring you out of whatever you're in. Just think about when you when you're in conversation with most people, everything or much of the conversation is about their problems what they're going through and how it used to be and how did, if they, if you would just kind of hush a little bit and receive the godly wisdom, you can come up out of whatever you are in. We're talking about godly wisdom, not what I learned in psychology class. Nothing wrong, that, that can help in various areas, but we're talking about when you're trying to get from point A to point B, man, I need some godly wisdom. Are you with me? So, Look at verse 1. My son, if you receive my words, here it go, and treasure my commands within so that you what? Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment. Again, that manager is discerning. And lift up your voice for understanding, verses uh, 4, 5, and 6. Let's look. If you seek her as what? Silver. And he's using uh, wisdom here as a she. It's just a figure of speech. And search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the what? Fear of God. And find the knowledge of God. For who gives wisdom? For who? 
The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. See, sometimes we talk to people, man, he wise, he wise. He, he might have some earthly wisdom, but we know it's the wisdom from God. Why? Because it comes from his mouth. The wisdom of God will sound like the word of God. <laughs> For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge. So it's going to, listen, you can listen to some people and tell they off the wall. But godly wisdom, when I say it's going to sound like his word, it's going to come in, it's going to be in agreement with his word. Are you here? See, and again, you can be in such a place where I don't want to receive the wisdom because I feel like I'm going to never get out. But you have to receive the wisdom if, you, if you're going to get out. So even though it may take some time, you may not come out in three days. You may not come out in three months and it took you two years to get in that hole. But if I stick to wisdom, you hear me? If I stick to wisdom, I'll get to that place where I live in wealth and luxury. But if I remain stupid, I'm going to spend everything I get just as soon as I get my hand on it. Are you here? Proverbs 3. Verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my what? Commandments. Here we see wisdom pleading with the son to remember with the mind and obey with the heart. Verse 2, for length of days and years of life worth living. Do you see this? And tranquility and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessings, they will add to you what? When I receive the instruction of wisdom. And here we just seen in chapter 2 that wisdom comes from God. Are you with me? For length of days and years of life worth living, that is. And, and see, again, we could be living good. And some are living good. But as long as we cling to wisdom, man, we'll live that life that's really worth living. Most just living above their means. They have more month than they do money. That's why anytime you mention money in church, you know, people, the, the reservations go up and, and, and what kind of propaganda is this and, and you know, uh, what do you want now? And all these suspicions, and which is a bunch of nonsense based upon what we've done being indoctrinated with. But we're talking about receiving the word of God. Now, what he's saying in verse 2 is, in general, those who are subject, notice verse 2, it says, for length of days, do you see this? And years of life worth living. So here we see that wisdom increases the longevity of my life, walking in wisdom. Now, what he's saying here in general, those who are subject to their parents live longer and experience better lives. <clears throat> Let me show you something in Ephesians 6 and 2. It talks about honoring our father and mother that our days may be long upon the earth. And, and let me explain what that is. So we can live longer when we walk in wisdom. Do you see this? Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be what? Well with you. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on earth. 
What do you mean honor? The, the godly instructions. The, the wisdom of God that they give you. That's why children, not just uh, uh, this as well as spiritual children too, when I'm getting godly wisdom, it, it increases the days of my life. How does it increase? Because if, if I'm out here living foolishly and not receiving wisdom, I could perhaps end up in a situation that, that, that I don't need to be in all because I rejected wisdom. Not short days because mama said, clean your room, I ain't clean your room, and, and, and Lord, cutting off days, clean your room. No, 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 no. What he's saying, is when mama give you godly wisdom, daddy give you godly wisdom, they're trying to prolong the days of your life. Why? Because if I get out here and do something crazy, Are you here? Sometimes, I, you know, I'm telling my girls, listen, hey, hey, and son, you know, listen, nothing going on out here late at night. See, that, I'm get, trying to give you wisdom. Done been there, done that. I can't count the places I was, bullets flying, people acting a fool, all because I'm somewhere I shouldn't have been. But here's the thing. You don't want to keep playing like that. I know I'm covered by the blood. But I can't walk in the gun for a time, but I'm covered by the blood. No, I want to use some wisdom. I'm not going to handle rattlesnakes. I know I'm covered by the blood. I know that, 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 that you know, Paul got bit by a viper, doesn't happen, but I'm not going to go intentionally pick up a viper. Now, if I'm in a situation and one sneak up on me, no, you can't do anything to me. I'm covered. But I'm not going to go out here and play with King Cobras just to see. Are you here? And see, here, here's what he's saying. When we kick against parental discipline, it can invite a shorter lifespan. When my pastor gives me wisdom, man, I receive it. I don't want to keep doing something crazy, and he's giving me the word. Are you here? Let me show you. And we're going to see in verse 7, when he says, depart from evil, don't see it's wicked in the sense of you think you know more than God. Don't, don't do that. You don't know more than God. Are you here? Let me show you something. Ecclesiastes 7, 17. Let's read this out loud. So back to the children, spiritual and natural, biological. Uh, uh, this is pastor, sheep. Mother, father, children, those of you who have children, everybody in here should be listening. When I receive godly wisdom, I, I want to I I walk therein. Are you here? Especially when someone been there, done that. Someone tell you to... Be safe, don't do that. They're telling you that for a reason. You can't get out here and do it. Then now you're lying like a demon. The Lord testing you. And that's something you could have prevented had you walked in the ways of wisdom. Don't be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? So, and I'm say this, and I'm gonna move on. Some people, you know, I don't, I don't agree with when it's your time. It's your time. Where's that scripture? 
But I do agree with this. There are people who could and should still be here, but because they walked in the ways of foolishness, they went out of here before God's predestined. Why should you die before your time? What does that mean? That means you died at the wrong time. What before your time mean? Earlier than expected. The expiration date had 2099, but because of foolishness, something checked out in 2020. Boy, it's quiet. Verse 3. See, we're talking about wisdom. See, again, some things can be prevented if we just walk in the ways of wisdom. Everybody's not broke because they don't make enough money. I know people who make less than some who make whatever, but because they're good stewards, they're living better than the fools who spend money crazy fast they get it. The Bible said that. Oh, no, the stupid person. But it says, I'm going to show you the food, too. There's a fool in here, too. Oh, yeah. The Word of God says it, son, not me. Y'all hear? The Bible calls people fools. So don't, don't, don't write me. Don't say nothing to me. If I call you a fool, I'm going to call you a fool because the Bible calls people fool. So don't. Are you here? You ever heard people say that? Don't call people fool. Shut up. Study your Bible. Get out of here with that foolishness. Understand context. Are you here? Verse 3. Do not let mercy and kindness, listen to this, and truth, what? Leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Ask yourself, is my life defined by kindness, mercy, and truth? Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, mercy and truth should be seen in our outward behavior and should be true of the inward life as well. So mercy and truth should be seen in our outward behavior. And should be seen in the inward life as well. Then in verse 4, he said, this is how you find favor. How? With mercy and truth. Do you see this? Kindness. It displays my outward behavior. This is the way we find favor and high esteem or literally success in the sight of God. And man, you know why some people don't have favor with God or man? They're not following truth. No mercy. And they're not kind. Let that be a part of who you are. Merciful. Kind. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Are you here? Verse 4. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And what it boils down to is that the satisfying life, listen to this, is the one that is lived in the center of God's will. I said again, the satisfying life is the one that is lived in the center of God's will. What did I just say? The satisfying life is the one lived in the center of God's will, which brings up the question, how can I know God's will for my life? How can I know, the, how can I know God's will for my life? Easy. 
Read the Bible. <laughs> it's found in verse 5 and 6. Verse 5, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight and understanding. Again, where the will of God is not known. You don't have to ask the Lord, should I take a shower? You don't have to ask the Lord, should I brush my teeth? You should, those, but where the will of God is not known, I need his wisdom. I need his insight. First, we're talking about how can I know the will of God for my life. First, listen to this. There must be a full commitment of ourselves, spirit, soul, and body to the Lord. I would write this down. How can I know the will of God for my life? There must be a full commitment of ourselves, that spirit, soul, and body to the Lord. Again, we're talking about, do you see that spirit, soul, and body? Again, that steward, that manager. I'm a manager, manager over what comes into my heart, talking about my mind. That's why the Word of God tells us, above all, guard your heart with all diligence. Even your spirit. Because what enters through your eye gate, your ear gate, whatever affects your soul affects your spirit. So there must be a full commitment of ourselves, spirit, soul, and body to the Lord. We must trust him. Watch this now. And I say it all the time. We must trust him not only for the salvation of our souls, but also for the direction of our lives. See, if I can trust him, and I've, I've been saying it for years, if I can trust the Lord with the eternal state of my soul, certainly I can trust him with some money. I mean, you really believe that's where you're going when you get out of here, but you don't trust him with some money. <laughs> it must be commitment without reservation. So you got to have that commitment without, it's either God, all God, or nothing. Are you with me? Next, write this down. When it comes to knowing the will of God for our lives, there must, listen to what I'm about to say, and I would write this down. When it comes to knowing the will of God for our lives, there must be a healthy distrust of self. Do you hear me? When it comes to trusting God, Zenobia, there must be a healthy distrust of self. In other words, Lord, you know more than me concerning this thing. See, that's not leaning on your own understanding. What? Knowing that God, my creator, knows more. So there must be a healthy distrust of self, an acknowledgement that we do not know what is best for us, that we are not capable of guiding our own, our own selves. I say it again. When it comes to knowing the will of God for our lives, there must be a healthy distrust of self, an acknowledgement that we do not know what is best for us that we're not capable of guiding ourselves when it comes to knowing the will of God. I am not capable of guiding myself. Are you here? As a matter of fact, Jeremiah expressed this pointedly in Jeremiah 10, 23. Let's look at that real quick. Let's look at this. 
And see, we're so used to doing things on our own that this, this, this is going to take an adjustment to realize I'm just a manager over these things. This belongs to God. The house that you purchased. <laughs> I want to be a good steward of it because ultimately God's own everything. Your vehicles, any possessions, we should treat it as if it belongs to the Father. See, and, and the reason why that's good because you, you'll never be, that keeps you from being attached to it. So if he decides to, hey, give this house away, I want to do something better for you. See, if you're attached to it, now, he said, give it away, but you sold it. That, that, that's not the instruction. The instruction was, give it. But if you feel like it's yours, you, you're going to disregard whatever the instruction is. If I feel like if I have 10 cars and I understand I'm a steward of God's resources, whatever he tells me to do, with it, that's what I'm going to do. See, it, logical sense, it makes logical sense to sell it. But if he says to sow it, it's best for me to. Oh, boy. Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh, Lord. Come on. I want you to read this out loud with me. Oh, Lord. I know that the path of. Watch this. Limit. See, we're finite. He's infinite. He's infinite. He's boundless. Limitless. You cannot exhaust, as minister says, God. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Listen, he, look, we, we can only, all we have is what he has given us. We can only go so far and there's an ending for us. That's why we don't know everything. As a matter of fact, it was stuff that Jesus done that the, the word of God John says that if they were put in books, it wouldn't be enough to contain it all. And here we want to think we know more than God with our limitations. <laughs> we think we greater than a teacher. Oh, Lord, I know that the path of life of man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man, even at his best, to choose and direct his steps in life. Listen, even when you are at your best, you still don't know more than the Father. You might know a lot, but you, don't, you still don't know more than the Father. You still don't know more than the creator of life itself. And I submit to you, oh, I know, I, I know this to be true. More people are out of purpose than are in purpose. <laughs> That's why most hate what they do because you're not in your purpose. That's why a lot of our students kind of topsy-turvy when they go to school. They, they, it, unless we've trained them how to hear God. They don't know what to go, to go to school for this and come out for this. That's why I'm always tickled. And I was telling someone the other day, I get tickled at preachers, people who say they call, but study everything but theology. You, it, it, it makes sense to me. How are you saying you call to preach, but you study everything but theology? 
I ain't got a degree in mathematics. Boom. Study theology if you're called to preach. If you think you have a calling. That's your first. What God has called you to do. That's your job. That's what you should be doing. Now, all that other stuff to be secondary, but are you here? But most people, and, and here's the thing, and this is a tragedy, to live your whole life being successful but at the wrong assignment. See, now that's a tragedy. You were successful, but that was not your assignment. Not your God-given assignment. How is that? Are you here? Even at his best, <laughs> he still can't direct the steps of his life. Proverbs 16. You see why it took me a minute to get to read verses 1 through 10? We still, and we just on what, verse 6? Look at this. The plans and reflections of the heart belong to who? Man. But the wise answer of the tongue is from who? The Lord. All the ways of man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. <laughs> and like the word says, most see nothing wrong with their actions. I have it. I can do it. Yeah, but it's now the time to do it. Are you here? But the Lord weighs in what? Examines the motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. They offer me a position and I'm going to move. But see, <laughs> it might be wise in your own eyes, but what is God saying? See, it makes a difference. Because you could potentially get out of where he has placed you or out of your spot. And again, because I thought I knew more than God, and perhaps get out of here before my time, all because I was chasing money. Are you here? And I would like to think the majority of people I'm talking to are believers. See, we live by a different standard than the world. world has no standard whatsoever. Anything goes. And they will cut throat to get whatever just to say, look at me, look at what I got. I'm, yes, they are. They're, man, they, they are ruthless. Are you here? Verse 3, commit your works to the Lord. Those plans and things that you think, submit and trust them to him, and your plans will what? Succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. So a lot of times things aren't faring well as they should because we have not submitted our plans to the will and guidance of the Father. <laughs> Are you here? That's why... Every opportunity I have, I want to be a blessing 
to him because this might be what gets me out of that bad decision that I made three weeks ago or three years ago or a year ago just by being obediently obedient. And finally, there must be an acknowledgement of the lordship of Christ in our lives. We're talking about, this goes with the verse we read prior to this about understanding the will of God for our lives. So there must be an acknowledgement of the lordship of Christ in our lives. Look at that in verse 6. Here it go. In all of our ways, in all your ways, know Proverbs 3 and 6. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So God is not the one putting obstacles in your way. He wants to remove obstacles in your way. But I have to submit my plans. What I believe I'm supposed No, Lord, what saith you? <laughs> in other words, every area of our lives must be turned over to his will. Not my will, as Jesus said, but thine be done. It says, again, it's understanding I'm a steward, man. Lord, if you gave me this gift, what saith you about this? Are you here? See, we can't allow our will to override his will. There only has to be a singer and pure desire to know God's will, and to, Lord, what are you telling me to do? And if these conditions are met, the promises is that God will direct our path. And not only that, he will remove obstacles. Then watch this. He may, when you seek his face, he may do it through his word. He may do it through your pastor. There, there may be an inner peace or in, in, inner witness but I, I first must give it to him. And, and listen, and, and if I think it's me, that's when I want to go get godly wisdom. You see, again, I could be thinking because my, my motives are wrong and I'm looking at the wrong thing, I can convince myself that it's God. Yes, you can. Yeah. You know how many people don't still be, Pastor, the Lord said it's my husband and they on number four. No, that was your flesh talking. Are you here? That's just an example. <laughs> if you're on number four, don't take that. Don't let that offend you, man. This is the one, though. This is the one God really sent, though. This is it. He ain't sending another one. This is, this, this is the one right here. You hit it this time. That go your confirmation. <laughs> Stay with this one. <laughs> Are you with me? So... Uh, <laughs> And the reason why I'm saying this is because here's why you don't want to reject. The, you can get to the place where because you think you know it all, that you will reject his instruction and wisdom. Then he tells us, don't walk around here talking about quoting these Bible scriptures and you know you're not going to be a doer thereof. It's not wise to walk around here, I'm blessed, be a blessed, I'm highly favored, money coming to me, giving, to me giving, and I know I'm not honoring him. Let me show you real quick. Y'all look at me. 
Psalm 50, 15 through 17. Listen, because people are crying, people are hurting, people, Lord, why me? Why? We're not following wisdom. Are you here? Let's look at this. Honor me by trusting in me in your day of trouble. Cry aloud to me, and I will, what, be there to rescue you. And now I speak to the wicked. Listen to what I have to say to you. What right do you have to presume, presume to speak for me and claim my covenant promises as yours? <laughs> for you have hated my instruction and disregard my words, throwing them away as worthless. So why are we claiming the promises and knowing I'm not going to do what he said? Throwing them away is worthless. Are you here? Look at verse 7. This is what verse 7 tells us. Do not, see, do not be wise in your own. It, when it comes between you and the Father, rest assured, he knows best. He knows more. Fear the Lord. In other words, there should be a reverence in uh, knowing that you are superior, far more superior than man, than me. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with what? Reverent and awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. Do you see this? It, conceit puts us on hold as far as divine guidance is concerned. Conceit puts, puts us on hold. That, that's thinking your opinion is far more better than what God is trying to give you. That, that's you Weighing on your ability, not his ability. You don't want to be that person because it's going to put things on a halt. Are you here? When we fear the Lord and depart from evil, that's when all systems go. Now listen, now you're about to walk in that favor with God and with man. Why? Because I have heeded to your instructions. Again, we keep thinking we know. Father, know what saith you about this matter? Not only that, it spells health and healing <laughs> to your whole body. Do you see this? And notice where I brought, let's, let's read verse 8. It would be what? Health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. You know why some people troubled, and it's, some things are brought on because the stresses and anxieties, fears, when we could alleviate all of that just by trusting him. And watch this. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but it seemed like the more you trusted yourself when you didn't know, the worse the situation got. I mean, you went from $1,000 of debt to $5,000, debt, and because you thought you should have did this, should have did that, to $15,000, 15000 to all heads about, man. Look, look, hey, God is good. You're coming out Amen. just as soon as you walk in the ways of wisdom. See, I, I'm going to stop declaring stuff over folk who know they're not listening to God. He, he, why, he, why, why confess these covenant promises you're not about to do them? You're going to throw them away. 
Are you here? So I would be like this. I'm not even going to confess that because I know I'm not about to do it. Don't get up confessing stuff if you know you're not about to walk therein. And you can just toss them away as worthless. It's not going to work. Are you here? Notice, <laughs> look at verse 8. Notice we are brought face to faith, face to face with the close connection between man's moral and spiritual condition and his physical health. So when we do what is right, man, it doesn't just affect you morally and spiritually, but also physically. Are you with me? Verse 9, honor, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Talking about your income. Do you see this? And again, the best way that we can honor the Lord is by allowing him or allowing his lordship to be first in our lives and understanding that we are managers, not owners of the possessions and resources that he has given unto us and realize that all belongs to him. And realize that all. Notice a steward is responsible for the management of these things. Are you here? Now let me give you these verses real quick. We said that all belongs to who? The Lord. I'm going to see who can. Who loves God? Who loves God? Right, now look, don't raise your hand because I'm about, to, I'm about to throw something at you. If you ain't sure, you better look at me like most of you are doing. Don't raise. Who, <laughs> who, who loves the Lord? <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> I appreciate your, your realness. Did you, that's, ooh, now when it's time, when we get this appeal in a minute, everybody who didn't raise their hand, I want you down here. Matter of fact, I'm going to do like the old school church. We can come get you and bring you to the altar and make you receive the Lord and not going to let you get up until you heard, like they told us, have you heard anything? Yeah, it's time for me to get up. I, I'm, yeah, I heard something. What'd you hear? Let me go. That's what I heard. I heard I'm tired and sleepy. <laughs> And I done fell asleep many times at the altar and woke up, and they still jumping and bumping and running. And like, Lord Jesus. And now you felt somebody pressing on your head. Hey, bless him. No, look, look, look. Me and God got this. Y'all need to let me alone. Let me go. <laughs> Good Lord. Jesus, boy. God, thank God for revelation of his word. Get saved sitting in my seat. Nothing wrong with the altar now. The altar has its place and purpose. But I'm just saying, I, I wish they'd have told me you could receive them right there where you're sitting. <laughs> Are you with me? Who loves the Lord? Who, 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 who honors God in here? Raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> some of y'all not sure doing like this. See, do like Tamara and some of them ones in the back. Sister, yeah, they up high. Look at all these people in the back. Look, yeah, okay. Malachi 1.6, we about to see. <laughs> we said all belongs to who? A son honors his father and his servant is a master. Then if I'm a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is the reverent fear and respect due to me, says the Lord of hosts. O priest who despise my name. But you say, 
How in what way? Here in chapter 1, the law was getting on the priest because it was the priest's responsibility to, to show the people how to offer God acceptable offerings. So since the priests were crooked, they were not allowing the people or instructing the people how to give God what was acceptable. They were bringing lame, blind, sick animals and laying them at the altar. And it got so bad that the Lord said, close the doors. Don't even let them bring those worthless offerings in here. And you know what most people do just like they were doing there? How have we despised your name by offering me what is contempt, thinking my altar is contemptible, bringing any and everything? See, that, see giving God that best from when, I, when that first lump come in, offering him the best portion before I do anything else, see, that's honor. Honor is not doing everything else I got to do then with the crumbs, give it to God. No, Lord, I want to honor you. See, that shows honor. Are you here? No, before I do anything else, it's how that look. It's your birthday and everybody eating cake before you. How, how you get the first piece? It's my birthday. Y'all thought y'all were honoring me. Would that make you feel some kind of way? It's your birthday. We sing happy birthday to you and we cut the cake and I'm eating the first piece. That, that's not a good example. How would you, would you feel some kind of way? And they were like, no, nah. minister, let everybody else eat. Then we're going to give you yours. Then now you got this little corner. You'll be hot. That'll make you feel some kind of Yeah, if, if anything left over, you know how we do. <laughs> we who? I don't, who? I don't know. We people. What are you thinking? People. Let me show you something. Malachi 6.24, no, Matthew 6.24, excuse me, Matthew 6.24. In other words, if God is really God, if he's my master, he's my savior, he's my Lord, there's going to be honor there. He's going to get the best. Are you here? No one can serve two masters. No one, not even that person who's at his best, not even him or her. No one can serve two masters, for, e for either he will hate one, the one and love the other, or he will what? Be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What is that? Money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. We can't serve both. One has to be, one has to be first. They both can't have the same seat. I can have God in possessions, but God has to be first. I can't have possessions above God. God has to be. And when I understand that I am a steward, I understand that the possessions still belong to God. So how can I put what belongs to him above him? They're his. Are you with me? Luke. No, I read that one last week about the unjust steward. You want to be rich toward God. When Proverbs uh, says, uh, honor the Lord, that word literally means to be weighty, be heavy. You want to be a big shot? Be a big shot toward God. Now, let's look. 
at the parable of the rich fool. And I'm going to pick up at verse 18. But believe me, it's in there. This guy has so much. He said, I'm going to build bigger barns than all for, except for everything you want to do is build bigger store, storehouses and more for him. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will turn down my storehouses and build what? Larger. And I, look at all these eyes. I will store all my grain and, and, my, and my goods there. And I will say to my soul, you have, many, you have many good things stored up, enough for many years. Rest and relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. Celebrate continually. Next verse. But God said to him, you... I would, I would circle that so next time you see somebody doing foolish stuff and you just give them this verse. That's the only one you need. The Bible calls people fools. I'm going to call people fools if, if they're fools in the situation deems for it. But God said to him, you what? Fool. This very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own all these things you have prepared? Do you see this? So it is for who? The one who continues to store up and hoard possessions for who? Him and is not rich in his relationship toward God. Are you rich in your relationship toward God? Or is everything mine, me, myself, and I? No, no. What I, I do what I want to do. What, no, no, no. It belongs to God. Write these verses down real quick. Let me show you. It all belongs to God. It all belongs to who? First Chronicles. Let me get to this real quick. 11 through 14. Listen to this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and power and the glory and victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything. Now, again, this is uh, when David was getting the leaders to uh, assist Solomon building the temple. So we get down to this and listen to what he's saying. Yours, O Lord, is the what? Greatness and power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on the earth, yours is the dominion and kingdom, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from who? You. And you rule over all. In your hand is power and might, and it is in your hands to make great and to give strength to everyone. Verse 13, now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Listen to what he said. But who am I and who are we, no, and who are my people, that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you, and from your own hand, we have given to you. In other words, it's saying, man, everything we have, we cannot take any glory. We cannot take any credit because it was yours in the first place. So what I'm giving back to you was yours anyhow. See, that's a revelation of, man, I'm just a steward. And David was loaded. <laughs> Are you here? He gave from his private treasures. See, you know you are managing when you give from your, you know that there's somebody higher than you. See, those private treasures, that's 
would be equivalent to today, that money under your mattress, that money in your sock, money hidden in the closet, money in the safe, that money that you near that, that rainy day money. See, that's, see, when you take from that, oh, he for real. He trusts God. Are you with me? And there's spouses who don't even know that your spouse has hid. Oh, he can die without you knowing that. Without her. <laughs> you don't bulldoze a house down and found a safe up under the house. And the, the, oh, sorry, Joker couldn't even tell you. Oh, fool. <laughs> he could at least told you, listen, if something happened to me, look, I want you to go down here and just. See, that's greedy. That's greedy. We're one. Both our names, uh, assuming nobody has addiction out here spending money with no control, but we're one. My name is on it. Pastor Dollar counts my names, the names, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what's in what. Especially the stuff with her name on it. Yeah, you're on there, but I don't know what's in it. Don't, don't, don't care. She said, Tamara knows. Wow. Man. A dog gone. A dog gone. <laughs> she said, Tamara knows. <laughs> well, I guess I know who to call it. Tamara, where, where that money, Pastor? <laughs> but if we're one, Pastor, she bump her head and go wipe everything out. It don't, won't bother me because she's not my source anyway. God can replenish all that. See, see, that's something you understand. You, you ever notice people who understand giving can file bankrupt and they be a millionaire another year later because they understand the principle. So when you got the principle, I, ain't worried, I, I don't go to sleep at night worried about, is she going to be going in the money and take everything? You hear people saying, that, man, she took me for everything I got. Oh, that's why she took it, because it was yours. But if you had understood stewardship, it don't belong to you. It wasn't even mine. I ain't worried about it. But if I was her, I'd be scared to drive it. <laughs> I wouldn't close my eyes all the way when I go to sleep. So I, don't, I don't want to take from the Lord. Lord that, that, that ain't mine. That's, that's the boss. Are you here? So... Let's look at this. It all belongs to who? Psalm 89.11. Real quick. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it. You have found it and established them. Are you here? Psalms 24.1 and 2. The earth. Come on, let's read. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. The world and those who dwell in it. Verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the streams of the rivers. Job 41.11. Who has, who has preceded me that I should pay him? Wait, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Who before me did I owe him anything? Everything under heaven. Boy, that, now that's a boss. 
Yeah, that's somebody I can submit to. Yeah, that, oh, he talking now. <laughs> Psalm 95.5. The sea is his. Yeah, I bought me some oceanfront land. Man, yeah, you better understand you're a manager of that oceanfront land. Yeah, I done bought me an island. You better understand who, who and, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying God can do it, but it just can be when them strong winds come one day. You come back and all you see is a tree floating on the where your house <laughs> used to be. <laughs> it's the Lord's, man. And if a tornado, and, you, and if you understand it is God's, and a tornado happened to whatever, guess what? He'll give it back. Are you here? The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Psalm 50, 10 and 11. For every beast... Do you see this? Of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. He's claiming everything, the heavens, the seas, the birds, the animals. We're all his creation, but we're not all his children. We become his children once we come into covenant. But you're his creation, though. Are you here? Psalm 74, 16. Lord claiming everything. Let you know who's in charge. The day. Good gracious. Boy, this is a bad dude. <laughs> the heavens is his. The birds. <laughs> the seas. The land. The day is yours. You can't even claim the night. The night is also yours. You have prepared the light. The light is his. The sun, you name it, God's. Last verse, Haggai 2 and 8. Haggai 2 and 8. We can't forget this. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says who? Lord of hosts. And the brass, copper, stainless steel, cubic, it, 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 look, even the fake stuff, mine. That's mine too. You a steward of it, mine. Are you with me? Listen, guys, if we want to get to that place where we are living well, it's going to take understanding, not only one, that it all belongs to God, but we have to not just hear the wisdom of God, but we have to respond to the wisdom of God. It, and sometimes I know because of where we are and we hear about money, we feel like, man, I'm never coming out. But the best way to start the process is to start today. Lord, what would you have me to do? I understand I'm just a manager. I'm not the owner. What I have belongs to you. And again, not just with my money, 
that we acquire. My talents. My time. Gifts. The gospel. Even the mysteries. Those revelation truths that are being dispensed to me. I want to be a good steward even over that. Again, when we hear the word and don't do, we deceive our own selves. So I want to admonish you on today. Begin to be a doer of the word of God. Understand the wisdom of God. If you have no idea what your purpose is, we outline three different things whereby you can understand that. And I admonish you to go back and re-listen to this. But it, it all... It belongs to God. And it's not until we get to that place where we understand that I'm just a manager. And if I'm faithful with, with a little bit, guess what? He's going to give me more. Watch this. To steward over. He's given, I'm, he's given me mine. Now I have more to steward over. Even with the more, it still belongs to him. And the more I'm faithful with the more, guess what? He gives me more. And the more I'm faithful with the more, he gives me more. But I understand that it all belongs to him. I don't want to be like the rich fool who felt like he acquired all of this by his own adroitness. He did this. No, the Bible calls that person a fool. He also encourages us to be careful of all types of greed. And that's what we're going to pick up next week. We're going to deal in the area of greed. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.